Hello, everybody, and welcome to what is the first of hopefully many uh, new podcasts I'm doing. So welcome to the Dual Axis Podcast. I, I think the name's kind of punny uh, because it's always going to be two people. We're in data. We like charts. So why not the Dual Axis po Podcast? Uh, I thought it was pretty clever. But uh, yeah, so today's guest is Taha Ibrahim, and she, uh, she works at Tableau. Um, you should know her if you don't. Before Tableau, she worked in strategic and, um, sorry, now I've totally lost my train of thought. Uh, she's worked in strategic and corporate communications, which led her to join Tableau in 2018. And she's now the director of Tableau Public. So basically, she's the magician behind Tableau Public and the global community it has become. And that's what we're going to talk about today, building a global community and how did she do that. So welcome Talha. Thanks for being here. Thanks for such a great introduction, Andy. And I am not the magician behind Tableau Public. Uh, it is a group of people, just to be absolutely clear. <laughs> there is a massive team behind this yeah. thing between yeah. engineering and marketing and, frankly, the community. So thank yeah. you again for having me. Well, you're the magician behind the community. Let's put it that way. You're the one that oh. kind of, you know, you're, you're the one that kind of helps the community tick as far as the Tableau public side of the community. Um, Taha, you should also be able to see a chat on the right-hand side. So if we see questions, we'll see people come in. Hopefully people will join at some point. If not, that's okay. We're just going to have a nice chat. Um, if anybody's on and they can just confirm they can hear us, that would be great. And we'll go ahead and get started anyway. Um, so I'll just keep an eye on the on on the chat there to make sure somebody can cool. hear us. Right. Okay. So why don't we just hop into it? How did you get into this field of like building data communities anyway? It seems pretty niche. It it was a lot of kismet, I would say. Um, I never started out, you know, like thinking that this was something that I was uh, gearing towards at all. So I worked in corporate communications and strategic communications, as you mentioned, at a financial um, company in New York before. And during that time, they were publishing some pretty long, wordy reports that, um, that ne <laughs> weren't necessarily like um, of the time. And I remember I was I was looking for different um, tools and different platforms that I could um, help things modernize. And one of the things that I found was Tableau Public. And I realized then kind of the magic of data visualization. Like in that world, I had very little amounts of time with people to kind of change their mind or help them understand like a really complex uh, concept. And with data visualization, I was able to do that and it just blew me away. And I just kind of found myself like after work, tinkering around with my little Tableau public visits. And this was off of work time. And I was actually funny coincidence is the first kind of revelation to me was creating a dual access, which is now your, your name of, of this <laughs> podcast. But seriously, when I, when I figured out the dual access and everything kind of connected, it was this amazing moment. And, um, I'm just really attracted to the idea of a community and a group of people who are just as nerdy about this and are spending yeah. just as much time outside of work. And it was just this, this godsend when I found out there were other people who were way into this. And when the job came up, I uh, interviewed and, and here I am. I just got really lucky. And at the time when I joined, which was in 2018, yeah. We didn't really have a community department yet at Tableau. We mm. knew that we had this amazing community and we had these kind of disparate programs around, like we had yeah. user groups, we had uh, 
the forums, there was a Tableau public team, but we didn't yet have this title of a community department. So right. we were kind of figuring things out ourselves. Okay, great. And um, so going back to kind of what you said about about the uh, kind of building the community from scratch. Um, one of the things that I remember the most when I first met you in, in 2018, I think we met just at Fanalytics. I don't remember if we met before that during the conference. And I was like, well, what the heck is this thing Fanalytics in the first place? Yeah. And was that your idea? No, not at all. Okay. Fanalytics was something uh, traditional that used to happen before. And basically it's a session at Tableau Conference uh, that celebrates what the community is doing on Tableau Public. So it kind right. of takes the spotlight and puts it back on the community. And I remember that particular conference we met, and I believe you presented and Lindsay Betsendahl presented. And it's just this wonderful um, moment, you know, where you get to see what everyone else is doing. And yeah. when you talk about building a community, I, I want to be clear that Tableau did not build this community. We don't own the community. What's amazing yeah. about what we do is we just we just take a tip from you guys. We're just trying to support what everyone else is doing. We're not yeah. inventing anything. And that's kind of what's so amazing and inspiring to me about it, at least, is that mm -hmm. this is um, a group, a community of people really around the world who are uh, inventing this as they go along. It's truly organic. So yeah, so you walked into a great a great community that already existed. Um, and I guess you have to make sure you don't kind of rock the boat. And yes. You know, it's it's kind of Tableau's secret sauce, I think, is the, is the community. But surely there was something you wanted to change when you started. What was the first thing that you wanted to change? I mean, you may have not been able to change it, but what was the first, you know, kind of your first thing like, I think we need to do this? That's a really, really good question. So, um, you know, one of the things we definitely didn't want to rock the boat, like you said, we didn't yeah. want to have Tableau like leading the community or doing things for marketing reasons. We were very, very careful from the outset when we created a community department that Tableau does not own the community and we are here to support um, the leaders in it. But one of the things, if I had to change anything, um, in 2018, one of the things I noticed from my own perspective was that there are a lot of geniuses and talented people who are very, um, very visible, yourself included, Eva, all these people who are just absolutely amazing data visualizers. And that can be intimidating if you're a beginner, right? Like yeah. you're still creating your basic visits and you don't necessarily want to ask someone who's an absolute artist, you know, how do I do this really simple thing and feel, feel dumb about it, right? Yeah. So if yeah. there's one thing I could, um, I wish I could change or influence or do more of is helping beginners feel more comfortable joining the community. And okay. what I tell people is you don't have to post your, your Tableau public visualization right away. You know, you can yeah, do yeah. things kind of behind the scenes for a while until you're comfortable. You can make individual connections with people that inspire you. You can join community challenges like Makeover Monday, which I know you lead, um, that are more beginner focused so that you can get comfortable before you start yeah. really showing off. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's the major thing is I think that people are shy to join the, the, public, mm. um, the public community. I guess as it as it grows and grows, that gets harder and harder as well, right? So you know, when I started using Tableau, it was like the beginning of the community, so it was easy to just kind of jump in, and you know, you actually knew every person in the community, which was That's pretty true. cool. I'm, I'm very fortunate that way. So when I 
you know, I try to encourage people, just jump in, just do it. Everybody's friendly, but it's hard. You know, it's that it's, I guess it's like imposter syndrome, right? Totally. Totally. And I love your story of how Makeover Monday started. Like how many of you were there at that time? Uh, you mean back in when the, when it started as an official community project? So that was in yeah. 2000. So Andy Cutgrave approached me approached me toward the end of 2015 because I was doing it by myself for quite a while, even before it became a community project. Um, and then Andy's like, "Hey, why don't we?" Uh, or actually, he said to me, um, he wanted to get back into using Tableau to keep his skills going. Why doesn't he yeah. do it with me? Why doesn't he do Makeover Monday with me every week? I was like, "Sure, why not?" And he's like well, maybe we could just put it on a website and just see if anybody else wants to do it. And then it just kind of took on a life of its own. Um, so, yeah, so really grateful to Andy for for the idea of kind of putting it together as a, as a community project. And then Eva came on in 2017 and she came in with all these great ideas. And, you know, whenever she says, I have an idea, I tend <laughs> to run because I know it means more work, but I also know it's going to be a great idea. So, um you know, Makeover and- Monday has been a game changer. Like seriously, when I talk about beginners and things like that, I absolutely, you know, encourage them to do Makeover Monday first. Good, and good. I guess I didn't realize that you did Makeover Monday by yourself. What started that? Um, well, when I was first learning about data visualization, um, I wanted to practice and I was reading a lot of stuff by Stephen Few. Mm. And he, he writes a lot about good and bad, right? You yeah. know, how do you take, uh, not, and he would have a lot of examples of like, here's something that's not very good. Here's how you can make it better kind of thing. So I was just kind of doing that since I started blogging back in 2008. Uh, so my very first blog post is actually a makeover. Um, and I didn't really think of it that way. And then Emily Kuhn, who um, is with, with Matt Francis, um, in the the um, oh god I'm drawing a blank on the name now sorry Matt I know you're on there the um, <laughs> oh you mean Mark Francis oh, sorry no, we have an no, ongoing Matt, joke yeah <laughs> the the uh, I want to say the Dundies but I know it's not that anyway Matt chime in there I I I'm <laughs> a complete blank and I'm really um, the Vizies that's what it is the Vizies um, so uh, yeah Emily saw that I was doing it every week and I happened to be doing it on Monday. Um, so she was like, well, why don't you just call it makeover Monday? And I was like, oh, well, that has a nice little ring to it. Emily's great with alliterations. So, um, you know, and then, um, it kind of took on a life of its own, but we hopefully, hopefully people feel that's a very, um, uh, kind of easy group to join. Um, yeah. Cause you just kind of posting, you get support from people on Twitter. You can get feedback if you want it. Um, you know, there's, uh, it looks like Matt's upset with me on the chat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what he doesn't know is I did it on purpose, but uh, <laughs> rile him up. Um, but, and then there's also a user group now run by Jim, is it Dayer? I don't remember. Jim Diener. Yeah, yeah. Jim, um, and that's called, can you tell everybody a bit about that? Because I know that one is for people just getting started, right? It's the newbies user group. So okay. it's a virtual user group that if you're a new user of Tableau, you can you can join it and they go through um, kind of the, the basics. And there's actually a community project also yeah. uh, called Back to Viz Basics yep. that I believe um, Eric Balash started. Yeah. So um, there's a couple of there's a couple of beginner things now, but I still think of like Makeover Monday is the easiest entry point because, you know, you have this data set and you're seeing what other people do. And it's just fascinating to me that this is still 
still, relatively speaking, yeah. a pretty new um, area of focus. Yeah. So we don't yet know necessarily what is the best way to make a visualization. And that's what's yeah. so fascinating to me when you guys go over those visits from Makeover Monday, what you consider to be best practice and not best yeah. practice. Yeah. You guys are inventing it, seriously, real time. Yeah. So I, I put a link in the in the chat. Um, I don't think people on on uh, LinkedIn can see it, uh, but that that's a um, an interview I did with with Eric Balash about back to Viz basics to kind of oh, cool. inform people ab about the project and what it is. And I participate myself as well because I find it really useful. Um, I don't like doing complicated things; it's too hard. Uh, <laughs> I like learning about complicated things, but you know, I like. I like just building things, right, and and getting out there, and it's a good way to kind of create your own personal brand as well. Totally. Um, okay, so let me go back. Um, sure. So, given your background in strategic and corporate communications, how has that helped you run and grow Tableau Public? So, strategic communications is one of those like ambiguous titles, and. It is fascinating. So it, it takes like an ambiguous goal um, and, it, you know, you have to find your own way to kind of convince a group of people um, about a certain thing. So different things that I've done in the past is messaging for the World Economic Forum yeah. or different kind of policy stuff. Um, I won't go into detail about that. But the key to strategic communications is it's always an ambiguous project. There's no one who's done it before. There's no standard way to do it. And it's all about communication with the right people and the right messages, trying to get a certain story across. And one thing about Tableau Public is that it's it's this redheaded stepchild, you know, like it. And yet it is like you said, it's the magic sauce of Tableau and it's totally free. So if you're thinking of it from a sales perspective, you might not understand how it fits into the broader ecosystem. But yeah. um when uh, Chabot started this way back then, um, it, it was just this idea that if we put this out there and help people share what they're creating based on public data, everyday yeah. data, things like music, things like nature, sports, things like that, um, we'll create a common vernacular, a common language, a community. And that is exactly what happened. And it's this very long tail thing, right? You don't necessarily um, get a benefit out of it right away, right? It's it's this long investment and it is so unique that Tableau does that. Um, but as far as strategic communications goes, I feel like we are a startup within a larger company. So it's a lot about, um, about helping other people understand how Tableau Public is helping what they do. So a lot of what I do is internal, I would say, you know, speaking to different groups about what Tableau Public is, helping them understand, you know, how this helps what they do. And that is how a strategic uh, communications background has helped me within. Yeah. And there's still a long ways to go, but I really do think that Tableau Public is uh, the very best thing about Tableau and it's what makes Tableau's community. I don't think we would exist necessarily without Tableau public to help us share our work. I know, uh, when I spoke to Ed Balrain, um, last week or the week before we talked about the community and how that helps them in the sales process. Yeah. And, you know, cause they might be saying, okay, we're going to make this investment in Tableau, but what do we do from there? Sure. So he introduces them to the community, to the community projects, all this free stuff that people are doing. 
um, you know, to, uh, to, to help his customers as well. And, you know, if you know, what customer is going to say no to something free, right? Uh. <laughs> totally. And I think, I think if you're a decision maker and you're buying kind of this, this Cadillac of systems, a, a data visualization software that helps you analyze, you're looking at the competitors, right? And you're also mm -hmm. thinking about, well, is, is my investment going to pay off, right? There yeah. are so many situations where people will buy some fancy technology and their people don't know how to use it. So it just kind right. of sits there and gathers dust. So I think that if you're a smart decision maker and you look at the competitors and you kind of start Googling around and doing some research, what you see right away with Tableau is the community. You see people helping each other. You see all this activity online that you don't see with other products. And I think that that is a hint that people can grasp this and it's a little bit different from other platforms and tools. So yeah. if I was a decision maker, I would probably go with the, uh, the platform that okay. has a community behind it. I need to put you on hold for just a second. The dog's home. Oh, the dog. Okay, I, I was 99% sure that that would happen in the middle of this recording. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then she runs in and all she expects is food, doesn't even say hello. Of course, uh, of course. She's been wrestling in the mud all day, so that's, that's wonderful. Um, great hold music. Okay, thank you, Brittany. Um, I just realized today that I can add music to this, so um, it's actually in the background as well. Anyway, um, so going back, let's see. So I... Um, I noticed, you know, as uh, as Power BI has grown, you know, it's a it's a pretty big competitor. I, th I think it's good that Tableau has competition. It's it's good for, I do for too. innovation and everything. They've also kind of have something very similar to Tableau Public now. Um, how do you think, you know, so that's going to that's really really popular with them as well. They've got the forums. Basically, they've kind of more or less copied what what Tableau has done, which is a compliment trying. to yeah. Tableau Public. <laughs> but you know, they have their own they have their own community as well. Um, if you were going to kind of start a community from scratch, uh, how would you get started? Wow. That's a really good question. Um, well, I guess you have to know what the community is about. Okay. So let's, let's pick a topic. Um, let's say we want to create a community about, um, uh, I don't know, Labrador retrievers. You know, sure. Like <laughs> Please, we post a picture of a Labrador. There's your, there's your community. No, but you know what I mean? Like, how, how would you get started building a, a, a community or maybe even within an organization? I think the key to community is sharing. So you can't have a community unless you're connecting people. And the way you connect with people is by sharing. So you have to create an atmosphere where people feel safe, first of all, to share mm -hmm. things. And you also have to create a mechanism that people can share with, right? Mm -hmm. So with laboratory retrievers, um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting example, right? Worry, right. right. Okay. Okay. But um, but I think I think those are the things. Is connection is very important. Getting people okay. together, like real human beings, it's very difficult. I think to create a community that doesn't have connections or right. human touch points, right? 
And there, there are three things that I think are key to Tableau's community. First of all, it's like those connections. There is this fundamental human desire to belong and connect with others and make these lifelong relationships that are part of something bigger. And I also think there's this desire in the community to be recognized for your work、mm. once you share. You know,、um, so. One of the best ways to create a community, I think, is to celebrate people by acknowledging, amplifying, and encouraging、mm-hmm. inspiring work. So, one of the things I've noticed when people first use the community or first get into the community,、um, they're shy about what to post on Twitter or how to converse with the community. And one of the things, one of the pieces of advice that I give them is、um, put the spotlight on somebody else. Tell people what you like. If you see a viz of the day, which is a viz that the Tableau Public team curates each day of the weekday, and you can sign up for it and get it emailed to your inbox, and it's a visualization created by the community. If you get inspired by that, give congratulations to the author. So,、right. I think this idea of telling people, you know, what inspires you, what gets you going, that's a key part, and getting that inspiration and recognition. And then another thing about the Tableau public community that I think is interesting is how it's evolved to be、um, this social learning platform. We didn't always have these community projects like Makeover Monday, but I think there's something distinctly、um, more fun about social learning than there is about you, just kind of like watching by, videos. What do you What do you mean about by social learning? You mean like the community groups that we have, like where people、exactly. are learning together? Yes, exactly.、Right. So it's like I'm asking a specific person a question, or it's about Andy Kreebel leading Makeover Monday. I'm not just, I'm not just watching for data visualization tips. I'm also looking because、um, I care about you as a person, right? right. So it, I think that those connections, recognition, and social learning, those are keys to any community. And I'm part of a couple of different communities in my world. Not just you know the Tableau public community. I'm also part of the board of a、um, a park here in Seattle, and we create community、um, through different activities at the park. And、right. I can I just think about those three things as being relevant to any community out there.、Mm-hmm. It's connections, recognition, inspiration, and just being able to learn and mentor others. Mentorship、mm-hmm. is is another、yeah. big part of that. How would you find a community? So. You- Tableau does a very good job of listing kind of communities people can get involved in. Let's say kind of outside of Tableau, if you just have an interest in something. So, yeah, for example,、um, how, how would you go about getting yourself、uh, or or finding a community with a topic you're kind of interested in? So, let's say you just you know you've got something you're passionate about outside of work. How do、yeah. you find, how do you go about finding kind of like-minded people? Well. The first key is like getting curious. So through the pandemic, I got really curious about trees. I,、um, you know, this. I'm, I'm、yeah. currently working on a book about that. And the way I got involved in it, it was during during the、um, the quarantine. So it was really difficult for me to make connections in person with people. But I would read reviews of different tree books online. I saw what people said. I bought those tree books. I eventually reached out to those authors via email. I looked for other groups that were doing tree things in Seattle, and there are quite a few. I think it's that that genuine curiosity and reaching out to people and sharing. Again, sharing is so key. You can't be shy when you're part of a community necessarily. Yeah. Join groups, get involved, meet people. 
that would be yeah. the way to find yeah. your community and curiosity if you're not curious it's it's a it's a dead end yeah great okay let me uh, i don't see any questions in the chat but if anybody has a question they'd like to ask taha feel free to to throw it in there and we'll be happy to get to it okay um let's see how would you define community Community. I would say it's a group of people with a similar affinity and passion. So like I was talking about before, when I was spending all those hours outside of work, working on a biz just to figure out what a dual access was, it was absolutely amazing to connect with other people who, who were doing things like that too. So yeah. I would define community uh, as a group of people with shared interests, uh, common passion and uh, common beliefs. Okay. Uh, I, I forgot one other question before this one. We were talking about Tableau Public itself. <clears throat> what do you think would happen if Tableau Public went away? I mean, obviously, you'd probably be out of a job, but you know, <laughs> what do you think um, would happen to the community? Like, you know, I guess kind of broader, kind of yeah. what happens when communities fall apart or there's no longer that kind of support for the community, but there's still lots of people that are passionate about it. I think they'll create their own community, you know, but, but Tableau Public, Tableau Public is key in that it allows people, it's a mechanism for how you share your visualizations with people. So yeah. if Tableau Public wasn't there, I could still see communities forming within organizations, for example, right. Right. where you already know the people, it's a small group, and maybe there are ways to use Tableau Desktop, for example, to share your visualizations with people who are in your company. But what would happen is we would lose the connections outside of our company. We would lose the connections to people we may never meet all the way around the world in a different country. I think the mechanism to share with others is the key. Like Tableau yeah. Public literally is the key to creating a worldwide community. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the curiosity would be there. As I said, people might still uh, find each other within a local place, a city. They might find each other in a company but you would not be finding the other people. How, how do you go about in your role trying to expand the community across the globe? So obviously Europe, North America, pretty well established. Um, yeah. How do you go about expanding the reach of the community to bring those people in as well? Like what do you do in your role for that? Or, you know, um, yeah. I think language is is a big blocker for our, for us right now. You know, there's a lot of visualizations that are in English. Our platforms are in English. A lot of our communication is in English. As we expand, I would hope that we would do more things in different mm -hmm. languages. And you know, recently we relaunched um, Tableau Public's uh, homepage, and in there, as part of that, we also relaunched learning videos. And we have those. Um, translated into several different languages. I don't okay. remember if they're live yet or not, but if not, they're coming soon. I think they are <laughs> live though. Um, but I think speaking in someone's language is key. And we do that through, I mentioned Viz of the Day is this program where we curate a uh, specific Viz and send it out yeah. to a group of subscribers. And we're trying our best to do, um, to pick Viz's that aren't necessarily in English. And it's really fun because mm. you find that you don't always need to be able to read what it is to understand what's going right. on. And to me, I love looking at those Viz's that are in say Japanese, you know, like what am I getting out of just this visualization when I don't understand the words? So yeah. I think I think that's key. I also think having local folks in, in those 
regions is also really important because there are things we may not understand about um, about those communities that yeah. only a local person would and has to add that nuance and flavor to it. So I think the key is really listening and truly listening and yeah. taking advice and um, and taking other people's leads. And as simple as that sounds, that's actually pretty complicated in a corporation, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> to to really listen to what other people are saying and not not try to mold it to a certain way. Yeah, yeah. One of the other terms that I hear of sometimes is kind of like tribe, right? So we think of like these right. tribal groups and then there's communities and those are often very confused. Um, I think of tribes as, as like subsets of communities almost. Totally. But almost like with their own kind of religion, I guess, for lack of a better term. How, sure. would, you, how would you define a tribe and then kind of what's the difference between a tribe and a, and a community? I think tribe is like such a loaded word. And I actually looked yeah. up the definition just to kind of remind myself, what does it actually mean outside of kind of the loaded connotations that it has? And I think the main difference in my head is that a tribe has a leader, whereas the community doesn't. Mm. It's a collective of people. Okay. And so with, with the tribe, I really do think Tableau has sub communities in it like there's a sub community for makeover monday there's right, a sub community right. for like your user group and things like that and i i try to i try to veer away from the idea of a tribe because i don't think they have leaders per se you know like clearly you lead makeover monday but i don't think that you're like giving orders to people or anything like that you know so it's 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 more of a subset i would say um and I think they're important because people are going to be different, uh, interested in different aspects of a community. So right, great. Right. We all believe in data and helping people see and understand data. That's our big community. Right. But then each of us has different um, kind of niche interests within that community. Right. Like I know the people who are interested in data about nature, you know, that's a sub community or a tribe, if you will, you know, I don't think there's a leader necessarily in that, right. but I know the people who are interested in that. Um, yeah. I know yeah. that there's a group of people who are very interested in the topic of health and data, and that's another sub-community. And I think they're all really important to the whole because um, you need to be able to get deep into the niche topic that you're interested in. And it yeah. doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be shared across the entire community, but okay. that's what makes the community diverse in thought. Right. Yeah, and yeah. that's what makes the community super interesting is that you have commonalities with everyone and everyone has a very specific set of knowledge that they know also. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just lost my question. So it must have been a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So you're talking about kind of the slices, uh, the slices of the pie almost. Right. So, so these tribes are part of one of the things that make up a community. Yeah. Um, you know, they're kind of some of the parts to the whole. How do you go about cultivating both of those? Because both are important, I think, because, you know, tribes, sometimes you need a leader. You need somebody to kind of drive this group in this particular sure. area. But those tribes need to fit within the community as a whole. Yeah. But you don't want them to kind of interfere with each other or, you know, so what? how would you go? How do you go about kind of making sure that both of those groups sort of stay 
kind of as part of the community. I don't know if I'm asking, asking my no, question. No, 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 no. I think your question is really interesting because it's one that I don't know the answer to and I'm kind of turning it over in my head right now. So we, we think we <laughs> think about popping, all... Yeah. yeah, it's like one, one of the challenges we face is yes, we have this massive community, but we also have these kind of sub-communities or tribes as you call right. them that, that right. do these community programs. And one of the things we don't want to do is to for example, favor one over the other, you right. know, like we, we want everybody I mean, I to think feel. think favor Makeover Monday all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it is for beginners. It's great. But, <laughs> um, but, but there comes that kind of, uh, that, that, that push and pull of what you want to do to support tribes. Um, and I think, I think that it's important to kind of support the community as a whole and support those tribes too within mm -hmm. them. But, um, but just to be very careful that you're not kind of uh, bestowing leadership on one person, okay. for example. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that answers I, it, but it's something I'm really turning over in my head right now. Yeah. Things are evolving, right? Yeah. How do you, how do you keep a tribe from becoming a click? Oh, such a good question. I think that sometimes it can become a click. Yeah. And so that's, been, that's really, I, I think that's kind of poisonous to the community. Very, very, very. How, how do you, if, if you see that, I mean, I see it in the community. Yeah. Um, how do you all go about approaching people that, you know, what you're doing is pretty detrimental to the group as a whole? Super tricky. Uh, again, <laughs> being welcoming to all is one of the tenets of a good community. I think that's when you right. know a community is very healthy, is that everyone feels kind of safe and it's welcoming to different audiences of people. Um, and no one really feels like it's a click that they can't join or um, mm -hmm. things like that. So what do we do when it starts feeling clicky? I mean, frankly, uh, there's not a lot we can do unless we have personal relationships to kind of reach out to right. whoever the leader is or whoever we think, mm -hmm. you know, might be creating this this clicky feeling and just talk to them one-on-one -on -one as, as friends, you know, because right. again, Tableau doesn't own the community. There's very little we can do in, in that respect that would be in line with our tenants, but talk to the person, help them understand, you know, how they may be coming across because they may not understand. Right. So just really being frank and honest. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you know if a community is working? well uh you see people sharing a lot you know if people are comfortable sharing and uh and connecting with each other then it is a healthy community you okay. see how many people join makeover monday every week right so your health can be you know directly related to participation and engagement right right if people aren't engaging if you find people dropping off or you have meetings that are silent or people aren't kind of jumping in then there's something else going on that you haven't put your right. finger on yet. Something kind of mm. flowing underneath. So mm. I think that sharing is is really uh, the key. That's what I look for. Okay. So in, in organizations I've spoken to, they, they try to get these communities going inside of the companies. Yeah. Um, typically you have to have a champion, you know, somebody that's going to kind of drive it forward. You need to have the sponsor, of course, you know, the, the yeah. kind of executive sponsor that says, Hey, I'm investing in this. Let's try to make something of it. Um, but uh, those communities tend to start really quickly, right? You know, people are really interested. They're really engaged, but then they sort of taper off. 
How do you go about, how would you go about kind of re-engaging people or, you know, measuring or, you know, uh, well, I guess maybe how do you measure the engagement, but also mm. how do you get people re-engaged? I think you have to be really consistent. So a lot of those situations that you describe where the community kind of tapers off, I think those situations are where maybe you kind of started off launching a great community and you had all these great mm -hmm. programs and you met up and it was really lively and then things didn't happen for another two right. or three months, you know, or people didn't follow up on, on the thing that happened. So it's really, it's up to the leader really within those internal okay. communities to be consistent about the programming and um, and also, you know, to keep an eye out for um, for engagement, like you said, I, it's odd. It's ironic that I would say measurement is um, is a little is a little tricky because we're in a in a data world here. But um, <laughs> but I would I would definitely count how many people are joining in the activities, you know, okay. just be yeah. real, real clear about that. And I think that you can clearly tell, you know, when engagement has dropped and when it hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then if, if the engagement does drop, right. Yeah. And how would you go about kind of doing sort of the, the root cause analysis to figure out, okay, where did I go wrong leading this or what should I have done? Maybe it is just something as simple as simply as uh, consistency, but there's probably other things as well, right? There's probably several things. Sure. How would you go, you know, what would be sort of your, your, your process for figuring out kind of, okay, this is the root problem that I need to fix first. Listening. And that's something I learned from strategic communications. You can rack your brain for all the possibilities of what might be going on, but until you go out into the field and talk to people. So if you're at a company and you find people like uh, falling off on engagement, Maybe, you know, uh, scheduling a couple of calls with maybe five or 10 people from your community and just talking to them, frankly, about maybe why they're not engaged, writing down those reasons, seeing if there are any commonalities and then addressing those. But you've got to listen. You can't just make up reasons, no matter how brilliant you are. Um, you you have to listen. And that's that's the, um, the hard thing about the community is we're yeah. trained to be doing, doing, doing. And we're not necessarily trained to listen. So you mm -hmm. have to take a step back and always kind of give the reins to the community, put the spotlight back on the community, listen right. to the community. Okay, great. Okay, we need to wrap up here in a minute because Eva needs to do uh, watch me, or sorry, needs to do Viz Review at the top of the hour. So cool. For, um, yeah, so that's where she goes and picks some Makeover Monday visualizations and gives some feedback so people can learn on that. But before Very we go... Cool. I want you to tell everybody about your book that you have coming out. Oh, thanks. Um, so as I mentioned, I got really curious about trees in Seattle during the pandemic. And I found a data set that's about Seattle's street trees. And it goes back to 1950. And Seattle didn't have a street tree program until the early 1900s. So it took them decades until they started collecting data. And I kind of threw it in Tableau. And this passion project just kind of... Uh, kind of ballooned until I started um, I started drawing these data visualizations, these maps of where the widest trees and the oldest trees were in each neighborhood. And now I'm working with Sasquatch Books on a book about the street trees of Seattle that helps people um, find those notable trees in their neighborhood. And it's just been so fun 
doing this. And it, it arose really out of, um, out of necessity. Like, as I mentioned before, I was looking at different books as I went out on walks trying to identify trees and there would be like addresses of certain trees. So I'm sitting out there with like one book in one hand, another book in another hand and my phone looking for addresses. And it occurred to me that I could draw this all on one page so that I don't mm. look like a freak walking outside. So yeah. that's how it all started is um, the data visualizations that I was creating for trees came out of the need to use that data in the most efficient way possible. And I just got more and more curious. And that's how the book idea came about. And I'm actually, yeah. I'm very fortunate. I'll be taking a one month sabbatical, October 1st, to kind of finish up the book. My deadline is this December. And then it will be out not this coming spring, but the following spring. So spring 2024. And okay. yeah, and it has been so fun diving into the data. And also, frankly, a lot of the data is off, which uh, highlights one of the, the big themes about data analysis in the world right now is if you take the numbers at base value and you don't actually do the research or the legwork to find out how this data was collected, you're not thinking about the possibilities that um, mm. that are there. So we found on the genus level of tree, uh, the city gets it right about 99% yeah. of the time. But on the yeah. next level, as far as like the species goes, it's been wrong like a lot of the time. So if I didn't go physically see that tree and validate the data, then, um, then I would be using the wrong data and giving people the wrong information. And I think that's a growing issue with big right. data. Is that a data set that you have for people to, to look at? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a public data set. Um, and I can post it on my Twitter, uh, on my on my Twitter feed. Um, I'll post it later today, uh, pointing to it. I also have a, um, several visits using this data on my own profile on Tableau Public. And one of the okay. greatest secrets of Tableau Public is that you can download or copy anybody's kind of biz, and you can reverse engineer how to how to do things on there. So you can play with the data that way too, if you go to yeah. my profile. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I have another interview coming up soon with uh, Larissa Amoroso. She's oh, your boss, cool. I believe. Yep, yeah. she is. So that's gonna be um, around the beginning of October. We're still trying to, to firm up the date. Um, but it'll be interesting to hear her take on uh, on communities as well and the kind of work that she's doing. So if anybody on the chat has somebody they would like me to interview, let me know. You can reach me on, on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, kind of anywhere, YouTube. Taha, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? I would get in touch with me on Twitter or LinkedIn or you could email me um, if, uh, actually, I don't want to give my email out on this podcast, but you can find it pretty easily if you want, or as I mentioned on Twitter. And Andy, I just want to say I'm so happy that you're doing this podcast. You are so important to this community, and you brought it together in so many different ways. And it's just exciting to see this happen, even just seeing the chat and seeing all the names that I know. Um, yeah, yeah. is what excites me the most. I mean, this is the nicest community I've ever <laughs> been a part of um it's been really special okay so thank you only thing i ask of for the people on the chat is next time invite a friend and bring them along with you let's spread this okay well very thank cool. you very much taha i'll talk to you soon thank you andy okay. bye, -bye. bye bye everybody